0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe.
1: Welcome to the War Room Podcast. We're here with myself, T-Cop, and Big E. Big E, what's
0: going on, man? Ain't nothing, man. Just, uh, yeah, I guess it's what the inaugural inaugural show I guess you know so we got a, a lot of football to talk about East Carolina University and some of our past experiences as well so we'll uh Get at it.
1: Definitely. Tell me a little bit about yourself. What you doing now?
0: Well, I, I work in the mental health field as well as I uh, own a minor league football team, mm-hmm. uh, which has won six championships kind of back-to-back in Ooh, the past few years. So, Mr. Jerry Jones. I yeah. <laughs> we'll all of that, but, you know, we want <laughs> to better teams in the state of North Carolina or on the East Coast, I would say, uh, with two national titles back-to-back. Uh beating the team out of Florida and beating the team out of Texas. North Carolina brings a little football to the table, too. So I think we earned their respects. Uh, outside of that, you know, here at the Sports Academy, if you train a lineman, um, well, that's pretty much all I do. You had a brief stint at, uh, I can say a brief stint, we played together at
1: ECU. So you got some football
0: background in you? Oh, I got a little bit. Uh came in ECU 2002. Uh, to 06. I went through all of those coaching changes from Coach Logan to Coach Thompson to Skip. Mm-hmm. Uh, luckily, was able to leave out of there with a little bit of a winning streak and a bowl appearance. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so it's a uh, Long stories, lots of stories, and I guess we'll get into some of those over the time of the podcast. So.
1: And, look, and look, I can't even call you uh, Jerry Jones anymore. I got to, because look, <laughs> the Cowboys ain't won a championship in how long? Oh,
0: what, man. What's this, what, 93? It's, it's something like
1: that. I might got to call you Bill Belichick now. Oh, man. You might be the Bill of the uh, uh, the, the, the semi-pro uh, pro league.
0: I don't know. We'll see. We, we, we just I, I'm blessed. I have a good group of guys. Yeah. How about that? So we'll, we'll keep going at it until we can't, then... You know, and, we'll shut it down once we start losing. <laughs> and, and speaking about Cowboys, all
1: my Cowboys and Redskins fans out there, I'll tell you something that I know about cowboy and Redskins fans. They are the most, when I say they, I'm talking to everybody out there, <laughs> especially Scott, he's a Redskins fan. Aunt Lisa is a Cowboy fan. I'm a Cowboy fan myself. So. Ca- look, y'all are the worst fans. Oh. Y'all y'all the best fans, but the worst fans. Because one thing about is y'all going to ride or die for the Cowboys if you're a fan or for the Redskins if you're a fan. You're going to ride or die with them. But you're going to talk so much junk about your own team. <laughs> but, yet yeah, when that game come on, you sitting right there in front of it.
0: Stressed out. stress, <laughs> stress. <stressed. out. laughs> it's inevitable, man. You can't help it, man. I tell people right now I'm a Cowboys fan to the end. Story, I used to live in Texas, mm-hmm. and a player actually gave me some shoes out of his closet and autographed them for me. I was 10 years old. Wow. So that locked me in with the Cowboys yeah. forever. So, I, I mean, <laughs> what can I do, you know? I, I was stuck, and— uh but, yeah, they stressed me out. If I wasn't already bald head, I would be. Yeah,
1: definitely, definitely. But, yeah, and myself, my name is T-Cop, Terrence Copper. Uh, you call me T-Cop for short. Uh, I am a nine-year NFL veteran. I played, man, two years with the Cowboys, yeah. three years with um, the Saints, a half a year with Baltimore, and five where I retired in my fifth year with uh, Kansas City. So I guess you could say ten years but my, I retired in my 10th year. But just, say, just
0: go with 10. We'll just go with the, what, the even that's number. That's I'm going to tell everybody. <laughs> say, are you friends with Cop? Yeah, man. We played 10 years. Yeah. That's what I'm going to say. Yeah, so we'll, we'll go <laughs> with the even number of 10 years.
1: Uh, but yeah, I, now I own the Premier Sports Academy that's located in Winterville, North Carolina, uh, where we train athletes in all different sports, uh, basketball uh, skill sets, football skill set. Like I said, Big E, he trains the O-line here. Uh, we also have speed and agility stuff that we work on as well. So... Uh, and also uh, a radio personality for 94.3 The Game uh, here in, in Greenville as well. Uh, so that's me in a nutshell, if you really want to think about it. That's me in a nutshell.
0: You know, well, speaking about 94.3, that's where we kind of got the idea of probably coming together and doing a podcast anyway. So we mm-hmm. had experiences doing the postgame show with 94.3 The Game, which we had some good laughs, some good times, some long nights. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's kind of what spearheaded the the war room moving
1: forward. So. That's that's true. And Biggie, let's give a little bit of backstory of how we actually started <laughs> working together. Uh, and I can kind of give you my my point of it, and you can you can come back and tell me what you think about it. So, so me and Biggie, of course, we play college ball together. And at this point in time, now uh, this is after college over. After I'm, I retired from the league. So Big E was working at 94.3. That's where I'm at now. And I was at a different radio station here in Greenville as well. Both radio stations, great radio stations. So Big E came on to the radio station I was working at and the show was great. Like you could feel like we had great chemistry right. on that show when he came over and did the radio spot over there with us. And then so after that, you know, I was like, man, Big E, we got to get back together, man, and do some radio. But this what made it so hard for us to get together. These two radio stations, 94.3 and the radio station I was at, there are amazing radio stations, but for some reason <laughs> they don't get along. They're not the best of friends. Not <laughs> they the don't get friends. along at all. They don't get along at all. So here I am. I'm on this radio station and I already knew, because I've been with this radio station for like, what, three years of radio station I was on, like mm. three, maybe four years. I'm not sure. So I already knew how the tension was between Uh, The radio station Big E was at 94 and the radio station I was at. So I already knew the tension was there. And so when it came down to the point of me uh, leaving that radio station and and like I said, it's an amazing radio station. Uh, But the reason I I wanted to leave because I really wanted to work with Big E uh, because the chemistry, our chemistry was great. So I really wanted to work with Big E. And when Big E, me and Big E was talking about it, I was like, oh, here we go. And and give you another little back end of it. When I say the relationship is not that it's not that sturdy between the radio stations. Just think of Anchorman. <laughs>
0: think <laughs> of Hold on to that thought.
1: Think of Anchorman. I am not exaggerating. Think of Anchorman. And so me knowing this, knowing the backstory. And when I had to go in there and have the conversation uh with the radio station owners about how I was going to be moving on, uh not really moving on, but going to a different radio station. But the reason was to work with Big E. That was. Yeah,
0: that, that was the thing. Because I believe, if, <laughs> I believe if the radio station you were at would have said, hey, maybe you and Big E should work together. Then it would have been me in that position. True. Or vice versa. So it's kind of <laughs> like one of those things where it's just like, right, we're already friends. We've mm-hmm. been teammates for years. We've been dealing with one another at the Sports Academy, training athletes. <laughs> yep. We talk good football. And then say that one time when we had an opportunity to talk together on air we were able to have real football conversation Mm -hmm. where I believe, if I'm not mistaken, I felt like you might have been saying receivers were like better than offensive linemen or something. (laughs) It was something back and forth. So we had a somewhat small disagreement Mm -hmm. where I could prove my point and like the protection, uh, I think it was like giving up sacks or something like that. And I was like, wait a minute, some of that's on the quarterback and the running back. Don't put it on the O-line. And you was like, you know what? Didn't think about that. You're right. That's right. So when we sat down and had that conversation, it kind of made sense. It was inevitable where we're not, we're going to see each other off the radio. You know, we're going to be Mm -hmm. around each other. We're going to hang out sometimes. So it makes for us to be able to build that content Mm -hmm. that we're going to talk about because it's something that you might text. I might call or just in passing, we might have that conversation and move forward with it. So it really made sense. I think it was just one spoke up before the other
1: one. Yep, that's that's the truth. And man, when I tell you that conversation was tough to have, because I can imagine because you know the the relationship wasn't good there uh, with the radio station that I was that I was going to. But once I had the conversation, I felt good about it because I was thinking about it for a while. So I felt good about it. Then I got on ninety four point three. So that's where I'm at now, doing the pregame show. So uh, if you if you like pirate radio, not pirate radio, but pirate uh pirate football. Tune in tonight for 1. 3 for the pregame show. Uh, that's with Patrick Johnson. Uh, it's is an amazing radio station, so definitely tune in to that. But, Big E, so what brought you to East Carolina? That's oh, the question. Man. What brought you here? Because you're you're from where? Where are you from, Big E?
0: I'm, I'm originally from North Carolina. Okay. I was born in North Carolina, but I grew up military. So, mm-hmm. growing up military, I moved around a lot. So, it was in Fayetteville, Germany, Texas, Oklahoma, back to Richlands, North Carolina, back to Oklahoma. So it was kind of all over the place. Mm -hmm. But ultimately, my final two years of high school, I was actually—the first two years of high school, I was in Oklahoma. And uh, we were on a very good team. I feel like we lost in the state semis to, at that time, the number one-ranked team out of Jinx, Oklahoma. How big was the high school? We were a 6A school, but it was 10th grade through 12th grade.
1: That's crazy.
0: So it was three grades, and— The How you do the varsity and JV, which is way different in North Carolina, Mm -hmm. we had a completely separate schedule. We played on Mondays. JV played on Mondays. Varsity played on Fridays. But if you played on Monday, you still could play on Friday.
1: Okay. So
0: you had sophomores and juniors and then ninth graders from the junior high that could play JV for the high school team. So our first day of practice over there, 130 kids are out there. Dang. 130. So our first days of practice are literally conditioned to weed people out to get people to quit.
1: Yeah. And this that, is Oklahoma football. This is
0: Oklahoma. Yeah. Um, so it was big time. I mean, it was, I mean, we had the separate gyms and things that you kind of see in like the bigger cities in North Carolina. Mm-hmm. They had that even in the small cities in Oklahoma. Everybody wow. had their facility. Everybody had this. Everybody was playing on turf. And the thing is, in that city, we were one of three, six, eight schools in the same town. How many people... I couldn't even tell you. How many people live in that city, in that town? I mean, it was Lawton, Oklahoma, which is right beside Fort Sill, where my dad was stationed at in the Mm -hmm. Army. So, yeah, it was three of us, and we played a full city championship. We all shared the same turf field, so we saw each other all the time. So
1: that's a rivalry, rivalry. Oh, oh, it was
0: big time. MacArthur, Eisenhower, and Lawton High. I went to Lawton High. Mm -hmm. It was always a big rivalry. Even to this day, I still follow it. And, you know, my former quarterback, when I was there, he's now the head coach of the team. So it's pretty cool to see it come around. But Uh, Final two years of high school, my dad was being stationed in Belgium, in Europe, and I didn't want to go, and my mama wasn't going to let me stay in Oklahoma at my coach's house, so we moved (laughs) back to Richlands, North Carolina, Jacksonville, where my parents were from, and um, I finished up high school at uh, Richlands High, and I was teammates with Mario Williams, who ultimately ended up being the number one pick in the 06 draft. Getting to ECU, ECU ultimately was the only school to, like, offer me that wasn't offering Mario. Okay. I want to do my own thing. Yep. I didn't want it to be. I was coming out early and they're using me to try to pull him in the following year because he was a year younger than me. Mm-hmm. Well, Carolina offered. NC State offered. East Carolina offered. I talked to Mario about, hey, does ECU reached out to He was like, no, I would love to go there, too. But they never offered him. Got you. And that was kind of like my escape. I was like, well, you know what? And then the I wonder why we didn't offer him. I don't know. I even came back and was like, hey, coach, he said he would come here. And no, <laughs> and I guess nobody ever
1: offered showed it, up. Yeah, you know? okay.
0: So um, then it was an easier drive from Richlands. This is a two-lane highway, 55 miles per hour all the way to Greenville. Mm-hmm. My mama don't like highways. So <laughs> it, it, that, that helped out as well. So it was, yeah. it was like two-lane one highway all the way here. Um, and then um, even even smaller, it makes football it's such a – you realize how small the world is. Coach Logan, who was the head coach at the time. Went Isn't to, he from Oklahoma? That's what I'm saying. So he, yeah. went to, he went to Broken Arrow. Okay. Well, we beat, the last year I was in Oklahoma, we beat Broken Arrow in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And then Coach Jett, who I think was the DB's coach. DB coach, yep. Coach he Jet, He was college roommates with my head coach. In Oklahoma, see
1: so that's small.
0: In Oklahoma. so it's, 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 it's just so that conversation at camp it's like, man, I felt like I was the man. They were giving me all this extra treatment in all actual others because I was from Oklahoma. Yeah, and we were able to have that conversation. I remember the first words Coach Logan said to me, "Out here, I got an Oki out here." I was just like, well, that's the, "Here," but I'm not really from there. He said, "Doesn't matter. You lived there for a while, so that's where our conversation sparked." And then. You know, the official visits and stuff like that. You get in those trips, and Phoenix Evans was my host.
1: Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, Kensington,
0: K-Town, what's up? You know, small area. So he understood how it was here, and he's from eastern North Carolina, and Mm -hmm. he was super funny, like fun to hang out with. We didn't do much. Uh, we went bowling. He's 330 pounds. He slips and falls. That's probably what locked <laughs> me in here because I laughed for about an hour. 330-pound uh, man hitting the, the floor in the middle of this bowling alley. And yeah. all the tension's already on us because mm-hmm. we're the biggest human beings in there. Yep. And to see that happen and us to laugh it off, and then we went and played like NCAA video game or something like that, and I beat him to death the whole time we <laughs> were playing. So it literally locked me in. And then, you know, the beef barn.
1: Okay, I when remember they that. The beef bar. I is the beef bar I'm still here?
0: It, it's here, but it's no longer the beef bar. They hold like weddings and stuff. If Got if you. I'm not mistaken, Got now. you. It's like an event place. So. But uh, going there and eating, I was like, man, this is what college is like. And then ultimately that jersey be hanging up in your locker mm-hmm. with your name on it.
1: They sold it. Makes me it.
0: think about today. They sold it. Imagine what the locker room looks like today compared to what we were impressed with back then. These were like, I made these lockers in the backyard type lockers man, back they then. they taking photo shoots on their right. official visit. We ain't taking no photo shoot. About their official letters. Have you seen the official letters they get in the mail now? Nah. That they're signing? Like, the letter looks like a... I mean, it's magnificent. Like ours is just printed straight off the fax machine. Yeah, it's kind of it, like, it like a script, right? Like yeah, a it's like a scroll, like, like a, a scroll, like chargers, a pirate scroll. Gotcha. You know, like, yeah, like, man, yep. But man, it is what it is. What about you? How, what brought you to East Carolina?
1: Ah, man, shucks. Me going to Washington High School right up the street. So I'm all I was always in the back, the backyard of Pirate Nation. So the big city. Yep, me going to Washington High School, three A school, all of, all well, all conference, all area, playing receiver. Uh, Umber mentioned All-American playing receiver at Little Washington. Uh, So once I came out, I had, uh, matter of fact, I committed to East Carolina early. Mm -hmm. Uh, So that's how I got, committed to him early. And I'm going to tell you what happened. So I go on my visit to East Carolina and Coach Logan is there. And Coach Logan, he pulled me in his office. He was like, listen, we want you to come here. Uh, We're going to let you keep your number because I was number seven. I was number seven my whole career, even in high school. Uh, We're going to let you keep your number. Because uh, the quarterback has it now, by the time you get here, he already graduated. So he'll give you a number. Uh, when you leave here, you will be the number one all time leading receiver when you leave here. And we won't redshirt you. <laughs> and I'm a high school kid. No sense. I'm like, and then you got to think about the fact when he said, I won't redshirt, you got to realize in a high school kid mind frame, I never played JV when I was in when I was in high school. Mm. So I started as a freshman on varsity all four years. So when I came to went to college, I wasn't trying to sit out another year. Right. So when he said, you're not going to redshirt, my light bulb came on. Right. And I'm like, OK, cool. I get to keep my number. I'm not redshirting. I'm going to be number one team when I come out of here. <laughs> and then he said, but it's the kicker, though, T-Cop. If you go on another visit, I won't give you the scholarship. Oh he, put the pressure on <laughs> me. oh, he put the pressure on me. He put the pressure on me. And so, like again, I'm a junior at this this point in time. I'm a junior in end of my junior year, something like that. Uh so I didn't go on another visit, but I went to other places. I got other offers from other, from everybody else. Mm-hmm. So I went to a passing league in Wake Forest. Right? I went to the passing league in Wake Forest. During the passing league, the coaches brought me upstairs in their office and offered me a full scholarship at the passing league. Uh just at Wake Forest. It was a team passing league. Right. And when I tell you, I'm like, you know what? I'm like, get to the reason why I didn't go to Wake Forest. That's a whole nother story. <laughs> whole nother story.
0: It's off
1: the air? <laughs> yeah, we got to, I might to tell you on the air. Okay. I'll get to that later. <laughs> we we'll get to that later. <laughs> so wait, I get off from Wake Forest. Then Penn State, and I was a huge Penn State fan. Penn State, they called uh, Jay Paterno. That was Joe Paterno's son. It's like, Coach, we're on our way. We're going to come now. We're going to offer Terrence a full scholarship to come. Kentucky did the exact same thing. They was calling my high school coach. We're, we're going to come down. We're going to offer him a full scholarship. Uh, we want him to come to Kentucky. Well, my high school coach at the time, he didn't want me to go out of state, really. He wanted he wanted me <laughs> he to wanted play. To see, he, wanted he wanted to see, see me play.
0: He wanted to see you play. I so understand. what he did,
1: well, coach, don't come down. He already committed to East Carolina. <laughs> so that's what he told him. Because he knew if Penn State would have came down, it
0: was over.
1: that might have been it. Yeah. That might have been it. You know, but. Everything worked out perfect. So I got here basically because of Coach Logan. He did an amazing job. Coach Mack was my recruiting he coach. I too. Yeah, Coach Mack was running back coach. Uh, still love him to this day. He was my, my running back coach. My running back, the running back coach for East Carolina, but he was my recruiting coach. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So he the one got me here. Coach Logan kind of sealed the deal for me. And another reason why I stayed was because now I'm in high school. So my girlfriend at the time, which is my wife now, she ended up being pregnant with my son. You got to stay. With my son. So now that was even extra incentive for me to just stay at East Carolina. Yeah. And I'm going to tell you how this all flips a full circle. My son now plays receiver for East Carolina.
0: I just let you know how old you are. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So that's the
1: same one that she was pregnant with. And I was staying at Todd Hall. At uh not Todd Dining Hall, that's the dining no, hall. Um, Scott, Scott. Scott Hall, yeah. I was in Scott Hall. My son grew up in Scott Hall. Yeah. Cause she was so always a, coming to the yeah. to the dorms with my son when she was pregnant and when she uh wasn't pregnant. So she was coming to the dorms with my son. So he really grew up in Scott Hall. And then last year he just moved off campus. But last he year stayed he stayed in Scott Hall. I'm like, uh, son, you man. grew up here. Yeah. <laughs> so it was kind of a crazy story. But it was a weird story.
0: That's fantastic, though.
1: Yeah, so that's how I got here, man. And then exactly when it came to my official visit.
0: But well, off the top, what are you, mm-hmm. a quote from Coach Logan that just sticks out? Give me a, a Logan quote.
1: Ah, oh, shucks. Hotter than the $2 pistol. <laughs> He had a ton of them. Oh, yeah, he had a ton of them. Hotter than a $2 pistol. That was his That was his favorite quote. Uh, and I don't even know what he was talking about.
0: Yeah, still, i some trying to think, okay. He just throw it out there. But if you bought the gun for $2, I guess it's hot because it's, it's hot. stolen. It's stolen. I get it. I mean, mine was, I'm going to come down on you like a bowling ball full of butcher knives.
1: I heard that one too.
0: I got that one. I got, I ain't going to say, I mean, I might have missed a couple classes mm-hmm. and the teacher, the professor emailed him. Mm-hmm. I get a message on my dorm room phone. Mm-hmm. It's Big E, you better find me before 12 o'clock or I'm sending you back to Miss Evelyn back in Richlands, North Carolina. Oh, wow. So I'm nervous. I get this message. First mm-hmm. I it's probably the first time I ever checked my messages ever. Yeah, I just happened to check it luckily that day. And I'm 9 a.m. to about 11.45 walking around the the athletic camp is looking for Coach Logan. He's like in the deepest corner of the, the gym. <laughs> the deepest corner of the gym. And this was like the third time I went into the gym looking for him. Yeah. He had a towel around his neck. Like always. Sunglasses inside for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Mm-hmm. He's over doing like abs or something. <laughs> Does not make eye contact with me at all. Just says, ha- Coach Shank has instructions. He's going to run until you throw up. Oh, wow. And that's all. Get out of my face. Then I'm walking out the door. Graham. turn around, go back to him. Yeah. Now, when I got to put you in the game (laughs) and we're kicking a field goal and I got you down at the guard, can I trust you not to get the kick block? (laughs) Right now, I can't. Get out of my face. I was like, all right. (laughs) All right. So I go out there and obviously Coach Shank runs me. I I didn't throw up, but he ran me uh, quite a bit. And, um, you know, I didn't get in trouble again. Oh my goodness. That was the last time I got in a jam. I was like, man, I'm not going back home off of this. Like, I'm being embarrassed. My name going to be in the mud. My mama going to be mad at me. I was yeah, like, you hey, know what? Not over skipping an English class.
1: Nah, <laughs> not, not at all. Not at all. And so, with my official visit when I came here, so let me get it. Let me let everybody understand what an official visit is. When you come on your official visit, that is when. The school is really gonna shower you. They're gonna make everything look like a bed of roses. They're gonna take you out to dinner.
0: Sales pitch. They're
1: gonna feed you good. You eating steak and shrimp. You ain't used Unlimited. to eating that. Unlimited. Unlimited. Whatever, whatever you want. They're gonna they're gonna pay for it. They can put you in a nice hotel. Like I said, again, of course, when you're in high school, you really don't get all those things in high school. <laughs> so that's what I'm getting. And then the the guys on the team, they'll take you out. I wanna say DeLeo Dodds was my was my guy. Remember DeLeo? You might it not remember DeLeo. It was before me. Okay. I, I know the name. And so, mm-hmm. so my official visit, so we about to go out to, to do whatever we're going to do, but you got to remember, I just started dating my girlfriend, my wife at the time. Mm-hmm. So, we started dating in high school, uh, our junior year in high school. Mm-hmm. So, now, I'm like, I'm already hot. When I say hot, I'm talking about hot in the tail, uh, yeah, chasing. You're, you're wide open. <laughs> I'm wide open. Wide so, open, hey. And so, but the fact of the matter is now, this is my whole thing. Now I have an opportunity to spend some quality time with my girlfriend. Because my mom, she's up here. <laughs> she's yeah. up here, biggie. So I leave my official visit and go back home <laughs> to kick it with my girlfriend. <laughs> my wife now, but to kick it with my girlfriend at the time. Because I was just so head over heels, just was in love, man. In, in love, man, love at that. a young age. And so until this day, even when I was playing, you still have guys on the team talking about. Man, it was a dude on our team that skipped his official visit and went back home, not knowing it was me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> not knowing it was me.
1: So that was that was my crazy experience when it came to my uh, official official visit Man, here.
0: I, my official visit, we didn't we didn't do much, but a funny story about official visits. So this is a few years in, and. A group of kids all from the same high school team from Miami,
1: mm-hmm. which is
0: Derwin Lamb, yep. Jerry Milbrook, mm-hmm. and this guy named Vladimir. I can't remember his name, but two of them ended up coming here, Okay, it was J.J. Milbrook and Derwin Lamb. They mm-hmm. came here. Lamb. Mm-hmm. So they come in to the dining facility, and I'm hosting. I can't remember who I was hosting, but uh, you know, Seth, the kid was like, if he's not coming here unless he can wear 7 8, I said, well, you might as well cancel this yep. trip because I'm not giving you my jersey. Yep. So uh, he ended up going to Memphis, I believe. Mm-hmm. But they got matching sweatsuits on these guys are not mine, so I just see it and I kind of laugh at it. So then I go over to Gary Freeman's and Shantae Hunt's apartment, mm-hmm. and I was like, Yo, did you see them clowns with the matching sweatsuits <laughs> on? They're sitting in their living room, so I'm, oh, that was us. So I was just like, Oh, man. Wow, you know, me and Lamb of wanted of like this one of my closest teammates to this day. It started <laughs> off me joking him back in 2004. Now it's just like we speak every day. You know That's crazy.
1: Mean? Tell me what do you miss about playing here?
0: Oh man! It's,
1: Either plan or just going to East Carolina because East Carolina is his own culture, not just on the football field, but right. just going to East Carolina.
0: I would say the 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 resp- going to school there. I think is more the responsibilities you have now mm-hmm. that you took not having responsibilities back then for granted. Like exactly, you, you know. So now it's just like all the things you do now is for a purpose. I have kids, stuff like that. You got to take care of them, and mm-hmm. back then it was just like it's me do whatever I want to do, yep. move when I want to move. And that's not the case now, you know. So now as far as playing, nobody, nothing compares to that locker room. True. Nothing. You're talking 120 guys mm-hmm. every year, a new 30. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean you fall out of friends with the 30 that just graduated. Yep. So if you sit there and say, if you do four years, you started off with 120, then you get a new 30, so now you at 150, mm-hmm. another year, 180 then the 210, then the 240. So, you know, also you have up to 240, 270 teammates yep. over that time frame. And I don't think people really think about it. It's like one year that team that said, no, yep. I'm still dealing with these guys that graduated. Yep. You That's know? true. And it's like, even when I finished, I still had an apartment. When I went to, I had a brief stint with the Carolina Panthers. And when I ended up coming back, And um, the guys that were like freshman and sophomore when I finished up, Mm -hmm. well, who do you think they want to hang out with? Yeah. You know what I mean? Now they're hanging out with me who has a, you know, I made a little piece of money and now Mm -hmm. I got a full-time job. I got my own house. Mm -hmm. So the parties are now at my house. You know what I mean? And (laughs) that environment was just so much fun to be around. The the house parties, I mean, we threw a house party that was so crazy Mm -hmm. that- the safe ride was dropping people off from downtown to our to apartment complex. <laughs> and it was like, we sitting here like this is getting a little out of hand. And it's myself, Jay Ross, and Scotty Robinson uh-huh. that put this party together. And it's just like, man, those experiences and those stories, they're endless. Like you can literally go, you can give me a teammate's name and I can tell you something funny about them yep. over all of those years. And even though you might only spend one year, like you were a senior when I was a freshman. Mm-hmm. If I'm not mistaken, no, no, no. You, I was you a, were a junior when I was a freshman. When you were a freshman, yep. So we spent two years together. Who would think time goes by? I come home to my house. Terrence is off for the home uh, for um, yeah vacation time from the league. Mm-hmm. I'm like, why is this dude at my house? Like, why is he <laughs> over here hanging out with me? Now, granted, we it's like he's way older than me, but obviously, our friend Tyrone Bell yep, is sick. the one that brought it all together. Yep. Which is probably the ultimate teammate or friend that anybody could have at East Carolina. Exactly. You know, it's in this window. Uh, but uh, we could, we'll talk about him down the road. Mm-hmm. But uh, ultimately, man, just the the jokes, the laughter, and when anything went wrong, you had at least 50 people that had your back. Yep. How can you not feel strong in that moment, you mm-hmm. know? If there's an altercation of the night out, which is not sitting here saying condoning that by any means, that getting in brawls, but it happened. Where there's always that person that wants to try the football, guys, Mm -hmm. and forget that we got 80 teammates that's in the same facility. We
1: always knew we was coming home.
0: Yes. We always knew that. (laughs) Always knew. There's no (laughs) way. I mean, we had a a situation between football and basketball. And I'm so glad that I was mature enough to separate it. Yeah. Because I don't think the young basketball guys that just got here understood Mm -hmm. how big a college football team was. Exactly. I pull up to the scene where this altercation's happening, and... There's 25 new freshman football players that have been here for some summer semester longer mm-hmm. than the basketball guys. So they've already kind of got molded into the brotherhood. Mm-hmm. Then you had the other guys that were struggling who had to come back on campus for summer school, about 15 to 20 of them. Mm-hmm. And then you have four new basketball guys. And one of them four caused a problem with one knucklehead football guy. So now he has 45 football dudes standing behind him. Yep. This is one basketball guy. The other three guys, they just met. So they're not supporting him. <laughs> so I think it was uh, Sam Hennett, maybe, or Corey Rouse. One of them called me. and was like, yeah. E, can you come out here and de-escalate <laughs> this situation? So I get there in nick of time to you know, say, hey, guys, let's go this way. But it's just like that brotherhood, it was within the first week of you being here. Mm-hmm. It's locked in for the rest of your life. Definitely. There's people that I didn't like that if they called me today and I could help, I would. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and that's ultimately the one thing that I miss is that brotherhood with all the guys, seeing those guys.
1: And and I kind of speak the same thing. It's just the locker room. That's what I miss. Mm-hmm. I don't miss practicing. <laughs> I don't miss. You <laughs> don't miss winning conditioning. No, I don't miss winning conditioning, lifting weights with Coach Connors. Uh, I Don't miss it, even though I'm still friends with these guys. Mm-hmm. But I don't miss it. It's just the locker room. That's all you miss. And that's just that's in college and playing the league. I think in, in college, it's a different dynamic uh, when it comes to off the field. Right. Because once you get to the league, I mean, you still have that same team camaraderie in college and in the league in that locker room. That's mm-hmm. just the mm-hmm. same feel, the same feel, same vibe. But the difference between college and pros is when you're in college, once you leave that locker room, that's who you chilling with. Right. You're still chilling with those roommates. same them room The roommates, you're still going out with these guys, you're still hanging out, you're still going out to eat. But once you get to the league, you may have two or three guys that you may do things with because everybody have their own lives. They got wives at the house. They have their children at the house. Mm-hmm. So once the lock, once you leave out of the locker room in in the league, it's not as tight right. as it is in college. And because everybody have different lives going mm-hmm. on, uh, it's not knocking anything, but that's just how it is. So that's what you really miss when it comes to playing sports period, just the locker room, not yeah. so much of the other things that go on.
0: I know during the, the beginning of the pandemic, Uh, We had a Zoom meeting, and it was random, sent it out to a bunch of guys that I played with. And surprisingly, every person that received it logged in on it. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? And we spent about two hours on there. This was before we knew how to really use Zoom and all of that. We didn't have a clue. But to be able to just talk and find out about what everybody was doing, you know, you really had some guys that were like, you know, you were tight with this group. And it was this guy. We knew he was there, but you sit there and watch him smile the entire time (laughs) he's in this chat. Because you can only think of... Going back to freshman camp, three-a-days that these guys have no clue about. Three-a-days. Days. He didn't say two-a-days. <laughs> three-a-days. <laughs> that they know Three nothing a days. about now. You know, uh, I feel like every single one of these players, the you know, it, it's sad because you had people lose their lives in camp, mm-hmm. which is kind of what triggered – I think it was what Corey Stringer was, the the big one back then, that kind of triggered altering those practices. Mm-hmm. It's like they need to have you know some type of ceremony for that guy every year with these young guys because they do not understand how tough it was to go through those three days. I mean, we got here freshman camp, It's 30 of us, and we're having a three-a-day. Mm-hmm. Then we got to deal with all you guys that are 19, 20, 21, 22. We're 17 and a half, 18, coming back. Now you guys are, you know – not picking on us and, and letting us know that we're the young pups and all of that. and am sitting there thinking, no, you're, you're 20. Like, you're not that much older mm-hmm. than me. But yeah. it was when it came to being out of your mama's house for two years compared to a guy that's fresh out within a week. But, you know, those three days and it's winter be- conditioners and all that training stuff, man, it's I still of- miss that stuff. But, I don't. I would not never want to do it again, but yeah. I miss the the laughter. Like, a guy, that you can't miss your rep, but you got to use the bathroom. And I watched a guy <laughs> jump the fence, sprint, come back, and jump right back in his rep. And it's like, bro, like how did you make it back in time? He was like, man, I'm not trying to get in trouble, you know? Those yeah. funny stories out there where the guy that, you know, Dontre Brown comes to mind, defensive mm-hmm. lineman. He had asthma, and I felt like he played for that. That was his advantage. It's like stuff got starting hard. All of a sudden, Dontre's asthma kicked in. It's just like, all right. Mm-hmm. So then you come back six, seven, eight, nine years later. He was like, Dontre, for real. Like, was your asthma really that bad? And all he does is chuckle. You know what it is. <laughs> I mean, it's just you have those moments or you those do have those, those, those funny things the coaches yell at you to motivate you. That you come back and think about it, and now you're training people, and now those quotes slip out. Like, mm-hmm. how did I just? Like, how did I just use that? You know what I mean? I remember that was summer 2003, and I'm still using that in 2021. (laughs) It happens. But, you know, there's nothing like being around those coaches. They leave a mark on your life. The Mm -hmm. teammates leave a mark on your life. You know, sadly, we lose some teammates over the years. And it always makes you end up, like, regretting I wish I could have stayed a little closer to that guy. Because I think since I played, I think we've lost, like, four or five guys uh, through some being murdered, some Mm -hmm. dying from natural causes, accidents. You know, some of the craziest things happen in life and it sucks, but I just wish everybody could be a little closer than what we were. Uh, Even to this day, like there was a way to make sure everybody showed up in one place. I would love for that to happen.
1: You you know what? And that's one thing that we always try to kind of talk about. A lot of the alumni don't come back to East Carolina. And I'm going to tell you my theory on it. So when I got here in 2000, we had coach Logan was the coach, right? Mm -hmm. So in my, in my four years here, I had Coach Logan and Coach Thompson. Right, those are my two coaches. But since I've been out, since I've been out, put it this way, since 2000 till what's this 2021?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So that's what what 21 years. Yeah, you've had Steve Logan, you've had John Thompson, you Steve. had Skip Holtz, you've had Ruff. Coach Ruffin, you had Coach Mo, and then you had now you have Mike Houston. Yeah, so you have six coaching changes. Within 21 years, Mm -hmm. that's a lot of coaching changes. You have coaches that have been at one program for 21 years, right? right. You know, and to have six of them in that time frame, Mm -hmm. that's a lot. And regardless of what people say, athletes, of course, we love East Carolina. You know, we always gonna rep East Carolina wherever we go, we're gonna rep it. But athletes have bonds with their guys, their guys, or or relationships is what keeps everybody together. Relationships, not necessarily the name of a school, but the relationships. So, when I come back to Greenville, I don't know any of the coaches. Right. You know. Now, I mean, now I know Coach Houston, but I never met Coach Scho- I mean, Coach uh, Skip Holtz. Right. I never met him. I didn't know any of these other coaches, and the only person at that time that was kind of holding everything together of some people back in with Coach Connors because he was there for so long. He, coached, he left and came back, and he was the only common denominator that right. kept the guys here. So the fact that we have so many coaching changes, and when you come back, you're alumni, you know, the coaches really don't know you, regardless if you mm-hmm. play in the league or not. The coaches really don't know you, so you don't really want to impose yourself and being around so much, Then they feel like, you know, why he around so much. Right. You don't want to wear your welcome out. Mm-hmm. So that's another reason what just keeps some of the alumni guys from just coming back because there is no relationship. The relationship is not there anymore.
0: And so, you know, a lot of things people don't know is that you're closer with your position coach. Exactly. Than you are with the head coach. Yep. So, my, for instance, I'm lucky enough Coach Shankwater has been back with this. He was with Skip. Um. so that kept some guys coming back. That left, you know, Charlie Dempsey, Phoenix Evans, mm-hmm. Brian Riff. Those guys still came back yep. because Coach Shankwala was here. So I was lucky enough to say some of my old teammates, I still saw them. Um, But now it's like what Coach Shankwala and Coach Kirkpatrick, because Kirkpatrick came in with, he was with Skip, and then I felt like he was with Ruff as well. He was like that one person that was left with Coach Ruff was Kirkpatrick. Mm-hmm. So now you have a small window from like, you know, Coach Shank goes back. But then with Kurt Patrick, it's like that oh five oh four oh five range to to current days where he can connect with those players. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, I almost feel like it's part players' responsibility to make sure our guys kind of stick together. Like I, I'm I'm a big advocate of doing things, and you can have some guys come in, which down the road maybe we'll have some guys visit in and chat, chop it up with us. But I'll call a guy out right now about why they don't come back, mm-hmm. you know, and and what's your excuse and. What's this and another? Because a lot of these guys, they've known football their entire life. Mm -hmm. Everybody doesn't handle that last game very well. True. And how to move forward without the game because it's been the common denominator between their success level and how popular they were was the game of football. Mm -hmm. And everybody doesn't understand or can't take that very well. That's kind of how you see athletes now retire from professional and they go right into coaching professionally Mm -hmm. or why is Randy Moss coaching a high school team in Charlotte? Like why? Mm -hmm. Because it's that competitive nature. Yeah. He probably can make a bunch of money somewhere else, but that competitive nature is going to make him stay active around the game. And, And that doesn't translate for everybody very well. So um sticking around with one another and taking care of one another and inviting guys and the guys that are local like myself and you who are local to East Carolina still, you know, we have to be a little bit more open, in which we are open to the guys coming. Mm-hmm. But guys got to also want to do it themselves. We can't force a grown man to do anything. But those ta- the times with those guys and the fun that we had, it's just I can't wait to relive them. I can't wait for my son to meet him. Like I'm, I was excited to work with your son simply mm-hmm. because I knew I seen him. I saw him as a baby. Yeah, you know what I mean? Crazy, I'm like a little hair <laughs> on his chin. Like what's going on? Like exactly. You know, be honest, with you, this boy looks like an action figure when he got a shirt off. He looks more ripped you. up than you ever was back he, then. He is. One, I'm gonna shoot it to you straight. He, no hey, offense. shoot it to me straight. <laughs> you know, the he boy's is. in shape. He is. You know, and it, it I find it to be awesome, cause so now my son gets to look up to your son. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And I find that to be awesome. It's just like my college roommate Rich Moten. his son is one of the best running backs on the western part of the state. Mm-hmm. Uh, my son gets to look up to his son, and it's just that moment of you know, full circle, I guess. Yep. When you come back around, it's like, man, we talked about this. Yep. And Scott Hall, mm-hmm. my boy going to do this. Or we created our sons in the video game back in the day, and we're playing <laughs> with them. And it's just like, now it's like, my boy's about to, he's running out the tunnel. It's crazy. You know what I'm like, I went to the first game just trying to find your son on the sideline. Crazy. And I'm just like, we're like, I'm trying to see him. I'm just like, where are you Where are you yeah. I'm just like, that ain't even my son, but I'm excited <laughs> for him. You know, but, you know, moving on f- forward to, you know, today's game. What do you think East Carolina has to do to improve from their last year? Ah, man,
1: I think they have to do everything differently. Uh, When I say everything differently, we need guys to be more more consistent. Mm -hmm. Uh, To me, that's the biggest thing. And consistency is the key for everything in life. It doesn't matter if it's on the football field. It doesn't matter if you're trying to lose weight. It doesn't matter if you're trying to get stronger. It doesn't matter if you're trying to be successful in life and your business. It doesn't matter. Consistency is the key to it. Right. And I feel like we have to be more consistent in doing the right things mm-hmm. and doing them right all the time. You just need more consistent when it comes to your O-line play. And no, there's no player or no position that's omit that's from this.
0: Well, it's everywhere. It's across it's, the board. It's
1: across the board. Coaching-wise, too. Coach, across the board. Coaching-wise, um, O-line, D-line, DBs, receivers, quarterback play, running back play, special teams play. Everybody has to be more consistent, and everybody has to be accountable uh, for what they do and what they bring to the table. Everybody has to be.
0: You know, the funny thing is, I, I, me and you both sat through that stadium when it was like, I can yell at you from the other side and have a conversation with you.
1: And I could hear you. <laughs> and
0: with that being said, fan consistency. Mm-hmm. You have to be, we have to be consistent just as much as the players do. Mm-hmm. Like, everybody at some point in time in their life has struggled, and they got through the struggle with support. Mm-hmm. And sometimes support comes from people you don't even know personally, and it means way more than people that uh, are close to you. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? So being that, yeah, we don't know these kids personally. But they're donning the same colors that we wore. Mm-hmm. They're wearing the jerseys that me and you wore. They're representing the, the you know, the alumni. They're representing us. Mm-hmm. We need to support them. We need to be consistent as well. Yep. You know, as far as the team goes, I agree with you wholeheartedly with the consistency thing. We definitely have to do that. And I believe that we're going to get to that point. I feel like we're that much closer with this past year, not counting against some of the, against the athletes. They get to keep that year because of the pandemic. That's big. That closes the gap for us. It might say everybody goes through that. But the thing is, I strongly believe that we tend to get athletes that might need a one to two years of developing, getting their bodies right, getting Mm -hmm. their mental right. Where some places that are, Getting somewhat of a little bit better of an athlete or a more mature athlete coming out of high school mm-hmm. where they're already there within one, I think we close that gap. And now we're going to have that depth chart where you're going to have young and older being able to insert in the game here and there and not have a drop off.
1: Yeah, and that's the biggest difference between uh, East Carolina or a uh, Clemson or a North Carolina or a NC State is the depth. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. The first-string guys, a lot of times that first-string receiver, that first-string quarterback, you can put Holt Nailers up with any quarterback in the country, their first-string quarterback, and the numbers are kind of comparable, mm-hmm. you know, talent-wise. Uh, some receivers, you can take CJ or Tyler Sneed and kind of put, especially Tyler Snead, you can put his numbers up against probably any other receiver, right. you know, and his numbers are compatible because he's a good receiver. But what happens when Tyler Sneed got to go out and grab some water? Right. The next guy to come in, or what happens when your your left uh, defensive or offensive tackle got to go down, or he went right. down because he sprained his ankle?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Who's that next guy up? That's when the drop off comes. Right, you know right. that's what separates us. is It's not the first string guys, but it's really you just don't have the depth.
0: It's like most teams don't understand like the special teams part of the game. Those guys at most of like these bigger universities or mm-hmm. more popular or these high percentage win teams their special teams guys could be starters. True. You know, that's, True. The big, that's the big difference. Well, those special teams guys are legit. You know, that kid had just made a tackle. If we insert him right now at number one receiver, he'll still catch for 700 yards a season. He just He's just chance. waiting for his chance. That's He's just waiting for his chance. He's waiting. So you run into that. I mean, you think about the kid that from Greenville that went down to Clemson. Mm-hmm. If I'm not mistaken, he's with a club right now in the NFL, if I'm not mistaken. Cornell, mm-hmm. uh, he had to wait that thing out. Like, he, he had a red City. shirt, and then you had all these talented people that just keep coming in, and every year there's a new person that's good. He just waited that thing out Yeah, they try to switch positions and moving back here, moving back there, offense, defense. And next thing you know, he showed up that final year, mm-hmm. you know, and uh had numbers, you know, looked really good. So it's just the, that lack of depth. I feel like we closed that gap Um, uh, and that dates back to Rough leaving and Montgomery coming in with the transfer portal and all these things that they got going on now. I feel like our depth really took a big hit and us switching conferences. I, you heard me say this before. I'm still big on the, the fact that we were able to get those props back in the day that helped us be successful. And yeah. now that we can't, and that's not longer, no longer a thing that we have to make sure that depth is a possibility and coming from JUCOs and us getting those transfers in mm-hmm. that's helped us a lot. So, I think the mindset is keeping some consistency going, getting as many guys in that can do the job the right way. Number one, number two, and I—I like, won't say the, the the number ones, the number twos, and the two and a halves mm-hmm. The two and a halves got to still be have a, a good part of the game plan. I think we're gonna be all right though. So, and you know, speaking of that, moving forward to App State. You know, what What do you know about App State so Man, far? Man, this game scares me. <laughs> kind of reminds you of that uh, a game. I'm telling you, nervous.
1: this game scares me. It scares me because App State is one of these schools that if you look back at East Carolina back in our heyday, App State reminds me of East Carolina back in our heyday.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, they're, they're not a big time school, you know, but of course they got some great tradition. Mm-hmm. They've been winning here lately. You don't want to play these guys early in the season. You know, and the reason why I say you don't want to play a team like App State early in the season, of course, just like teams didn't want to play at East Carolina back in the day.
0: Because we could sneak up on you. We
1: could sneak up on you and really do some damage. And I don't like playing teams like App State early in the season. And this is the reason why. And this is the reason why a lot of teams um, get upset when you play these smaller teams. And you get upset early because you don't know what you're good at yet. Right. You know, you can't hang your hat the first game of the season you can't hang your hat. OK, this is what we do well. Uh, we're going to stick to this. We know where we at. We know our our character. We know this is what we do.
0: I think coming from us we're still in the rebuilding phase. Yes. That really hurts us.
1: Exactly. You know, so we're not there yet. We don't know what we're good at yet. And so that's why you get a team like App State that can come in here and steamroll you. Mm-hmm. Because right now they know what how good they are. Because yeah. they've been winning the last few I years. just went
0: to the bowl game too, right?
1: Exactly. So they know what they're capable of doing. We don't yet. Right. We don't know. So that's why this game scares me. Uh, App State is going to run the ball. They're going to run the ball. They got a new quarterback in this year, transfer from Duke. Uh, he should be good. But they got a running back, man, that's six two two twenty by the name of Cameron Peoples.
0: That's a real man.
1: The last game he played, Big E, he had 22 carries for
0: 317 yards, five touchdowns. 317 yards. And you know what? In, <laughs> in our history, we not really have always had the best run defense. You know, I'm not saying we hadn't re- gotten better, but it goes mm-hmm. back to what you're saying is we don't know how good we are. We even. don't know yet. You know, Coach Shankwiler made a comment to me years ago. He said, you could be a victim of what you practice against sometimes. Mm-hmm. So where, it might look good in practice, but how good is the front we're going against?
1: Exactly. You know,
0: and now when you get to change the color, now I got to go block somebody in a different color uniform mm-hmm. who doesn't like me, mm-hmm. who is not going out to hang out, get something to eat, or go to the club or whatever, go to mm-hmm. treatment with me. These guys don't know me.
1: That goes back to the depth we talked yeah, about. that depth. Yeah, the depth it took us now, like I said, with a Clemson or a Alabama or NC State, they're going to practice against three-star athletes. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. that practice squad is three-star athletes just waiting their time.
0: Yeah. You
1: know, it's, it's different here.
0: You know, so, I mean, uh, hopefully, I mean, that kid is he's up for a couple awards. He's on the watch list. It's the Maxwell Award and the Dope Walker Award, which uh good for offensive players and running backs, you know. But hopefully our guy, what is it, uh, Raji Harris, mm-hmm. hopefully he can hold it down. He's on the uh, Dope Walker list, so maybe our run game will be stronger. Mm-hmm. Um it was strongest past year with the two young guys running. And luckily those guys years didn't count. So that means hopefully they stick around. Mm-hmm. And, um, we got the late transfer from West V. Yep. Um, so I think the depth chart at running back is solid. You know, uh, mm-hmm. offensively, I think at quarterback, we're pretty solid. I hope Mason, uh, who's been named the number two, uh, Garcia, um, I hope we don't see him this year. I hope we don't see him. Yeah. But if we absolutely have to, I believe that there's some faith in there that the kid is coming out. He's been highly touted. He got one year of college experience under his belt. So hopefully he's up for that challenge. And he played in a few games this past year. Mm -hmm. You know, um, and then going into our offensive guys as the receivers, you know, you got CJ, you got Sneed, and Omatosha, which I'm just really hoping that kid. He got to step up. I really hope he does. I really hope he does.
1: To me, when it comes to the receivers, I think this year, I think Tyler Snead is so consistent. Yeah. I think we can kind of hang our hat on Tyler Snead is going to be consistent we this year. We know we are going to get out of him. You know what you know what you got in Tyler Snead. You know he's going to be productive, not just offensively at receiver. He's going to be productive on special teams. Mm-hmm. You you know that. I think for us offensively to really succeed, of course we got to establish the run game. Uh, I have to just establish the run game. That's the same thing with with App State. They have a run game, they have a new quarterback that's coming in, you know, so that's how they're gonna be successful running by the ball running the ball and then hitting us with play action, and different things like that. not just because you, you really don't want to just put the ball in the quarterback hands and just throw the ball 50 times a especially game. Especially
0: with a, a new quarterback transferring in. Yes. They have the luxury of knowing that they can hand the ball off 25, 35 times mm-hmm. and give him high percentage chances in play action. Yep. And making sure that we come down in the box, especially if they gain success, mm-hmm. we come in the box and it opens up windows for him to be able to throw. If we got to go to man to man, that he gets those 50, 50 balls, which, We'll build a quarterback's confidence. Luckily, we don't have to play them week two, week three, and so on and exactly. so forth. But week one, we should know that we're going to see Mr. Peoples running the ball. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're going to have to match them as far as clock management, first downs, and stuff like that. We're going to have to manage that and, and match that on offense.
1: And, and for receivers on the offense side of East Carolina, like you said, we got a, a great quarterback there. Like He's he's up for a ton of different awards. He's on the watch list, uh, the NFLPA PA Collegiate Bowl watch list. Uh, what's the other watch is list it he's the, on? He's is on it
0: the Warfel. The Warfel watch, yep. watch list. The Warfel watch list. Yep. And then uh, uh, he's preseason All Conference as well.
1: Exactly. So you have a good quarterback, an, an able quarterback back there that can lead the way. But receiver wise, we gotta have CJ. Gotta step up.
0: He has to come back to freshman year.
1: He got to come back. He. He. And we can talk about him a little bit. He has to come back because that's going to take some of the pressure off Tyler Snead. Mm-hmm. And usually it's the other way around. Usually you have your slot guy taking the pressure off your off your X receiver or your outside receivers. Yeah. But now he has to come around and take the pressure off Snead, you know, because Snead, truthfully, Snead is more productive. He was pro- more productive than CJ was last year. So. Yeah, absolutely.
0: I mean, anybody watching the game could see that.
1: Yeah. You know? Snead make it doubled. He may get double this year because you can't guard him one-on-one. He's too quick. He's short. He's small, but he's agile. He's so only have a 5'7", right? Yes, he's agile and he's tough as nails. Uh, so if CJ come along, if CJ can just come back to being the type of guy he was when he was a freshman, you know, mm. just making plays, putting that work in, but you really need – You got to pronounce his name. Omotosho. Tosho. I think I'm I'm saying it right. (laughs) We got to have that third guy come up. I really hope he does. You got Pro that just left, went to the NFL. Mm -hmm. So he was very productive. Mm -hmm. Now you need that third guy to step up for you. You need that third guy. And I don't know what receiver is going to be. Of course, you wanted to be... What's his
0: name? Omatosho. Omatosho.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you wanted to be him because he has this, this is the transfer from UCLA. Mm-hmm,
0: from Texas. So from, he played big time high play school Played big time
1: ball. ball. So he's,
0: he's capable
1: of doing these things. But at the end of the day, you have to be consistent as a receiver. You have to be consistent. When I say consistent, you got to be consistent. If the route calls for you to go 12 yards and do this, get 12. Don't get to 10.
0: Mm-hmm
1: you know if the route say get 18 and do a, a dagger or a square in get to 18 and do the square and don't do it at 15 right you know cuz it throws the timing off for the quarterback cuz he's expecting you to get a certain way and he can't go through his progression if you're if you're breaking your routes off early now by the time he get to you you already out your break it's almost going to be a late throw for him to throw it, but it's not his fault. It's because you didn't get your depth.
0: Right. You, you know, where so you're
1: supposed to be. you got to be where you're supposed to be. That's the type of consistency you got to have, not just catching the ball, but getting your route depth consistently so your quarterback can trust you. But we need that. Of course, when it comes to catching the ball, we need consistent ball catchers. But that receiver position, because we throw the ball a lot. Yeah. We got to be able to step up and make plays. We need that third guy to come along. We need these guys to start separating themselves.
0: And you know, th- 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 as much as I want CJ to be that guy because he's a local eastern north carolina guy we naturally root for him Mm -hmm. because he comes from where we come from that's right but at this point i mean i i just i really want omatoshi to shine like i just like watching him work out over the off season and seeing the clips and his you know following his tiktok or his instagram seeing him work Mm -hmm. the kid is put together yeah i mean he's a 62-ish or something like that Mm -hmm. you know 200 and he can jump. He can run. That first year he got here, he kind of he got here late. He got here to end a camp, so it's like we didn't really get to see him because he know naturally he didn't know what was going on. Yeah. New coaching staff, his first year here, and he got here literally right before the season started. Mm-hmm. And then this past year dealing with the pandemic, you know, Tyler Snead kind of just showed out. I mean, it was kind of like his show. Not really much you could do, but I know there's a couple drops he had. So I'm hoping that consistency. Being able to have an extra year, and if I'm not mistaken, I feel like he graduated, so now he's like in his master's program. So hopefully, you know, being able to, you know, student part always first, but having a little bit less on his plate, maybe mm-hmm. that increases his ability on the field mentally, the mental toughness of staying consistent and what he's doing. So hopefully that works out. And then as far as like the, the group up front as an offensive line, it's always a mystery. We always know they have one of the best coaches mm-hmm. uh, of the unit. I feel like uh, – um this past year with Deontay being able to go to the pros and get drafted, I feel like those linemen are coming in, the linemen are there, know that, hey, it's a chance that I can go somewhere from East Carolina because here's a guy that we just had who didn't even play this past year, and he had an opportunity, and he gets drafted. Yep. Maybe I can. So maybe it woke some of those guys up to understand that if they do the work The hard work, Um, when you're tired, you keep going. And they get that consistency in communicating their calls, uh, miking the right linebackers to put the offensive line in direction, which we'll get into miking linebackers and things like that down the road on the show. But if we can get the consistent communication as one, as that front five, the running game will be successful. Thus, the passing game will get even better. And Houghton won't have to be out there running around uh, trying to create things on his own because we're doing our job up front. The running backs are doing their job running the ball. And when he throws it, the receivers a catch. They'll get to their right spots. I really feel like it's time for a breakout year. I feel like Eastern North Carolina deserves it We more. need it. We need and it. And I believe these kids have been working hard enough. And the coaching staff has been working hard enough to finally produce the wins that we want to see.
1: Mm-hmm. And I think this year is the year. Uh, we got a tough road ahead of us. Mm-hmm. But I really think we've been putting the work in. This is what, year three for Coach Houston? This is year three. This This is year three. You know, you really want to start. My goal, let's just get a winning record this year. Create an identity. Exactly. Let's, Let's get a winning. This is just the future. This is farther down the line when I'm talking about winning record, not necessarily this game that's coming up on Thursday. But me for goals for East Carolina is let's establish, let's get a winning record. That's the goal winning record. If you get a winning record, you go in the bowl game. Mm-hmm. So some of your goals is going to be built into you just getting a winning record.
0: Right. You get those you know? winning records, get to that bowl game. It's an extra 15 to 20 practices mm-hmm. that helps the depth chart. That helps. For 2022. So yep. that's the the big thing is that those extra practices, a lot of people think getting a bowl game just to win a championship. In all actuality, it's about developing your mm-hmm. younger players because they're going to get more of the reps during bowl week Yep. to prepare them moving forward. So that's how important those. We need those extra 15, 20 practices that we can get preparing for a bowl game, which is ultimately a vacation. Uh But we want to win, of mm-hmm. course, but we want to get those extra practices. And if we can get to that winning season, those extra practices, I even feel like not to skip this year, mm-hmm. that everything even looks better for the following year, especially when players year last year didn't count against them.
1: Exactly. And, and the first step of that winning record – is we got to take care of this game right here coming up Have on to. Thursday. Have to. Uh, but like I said, this game scares me. It's on a neutral site. We're playing in Charlotte. It's be- it's really going to be a home game for us and for them. Because mm-hmm. I want to say it's probably the same distance away from each other, just coming opposite directions.
0: Strong chance. But, I mean, luckily we got Pirate fans that are stretching across the state. So hopefully the ones that are on the Western. Mm-hmm. Part of the state will go, uh, and, and I'm sure there's going to be some diehards from Greenville that's going to make that trip, from East North Carolina are going to make that trip. Um, I'm contemplating it myself right now. So mm-hmm. I know uh, we'll be televised, and hopefully the boys will put it purple and gold. You know, we can paint this one purple, hopefully. You know, that's what I want to see. So uh, moving forward, go Pirates, man.
1: Go Pirates. But this is where it starts at right here, Biggie. This game right here, it starts right and And one thing we can't allow App State to do, we can't – we got to put our foot on our, on their as soon as the game start. Mm-hmm. You can't give a team like this hope, right? You know they're they're used to playing uh, bigger big time schools. They're used That's to playing. What they them. do. They First play games them of
0: the year. They've been doing it for years.
1: Exactly. So they're used to it. But we have to go out there and let them know. Listen, this is not the same East Carolina team that you've seen on film from last year or the year before last. Yeah. Uh, we, we got to come out there and we got to come out there and dominate these guys early. Cause if we allow these guys to stay in the game, I think that's an advantage for them, not us because now, now what it's going to do to us mentally is okay. Wow. We back to what we used to be doing. Mm-hmm. We're, we're back to, you know, not having that confidence that we need to have going into it. Because when you start playing teams closer, we start losing. It's in the human nature to go back and start thinking like, dang, Again. Again.
0: Yeah.
1: you Know what I'm saying? (laughs) It's human nature to start thinking that, especially when you don't have an identity. Right. You're still trying
0: to become who you want to become. You don't know. And it's always easier to reform and go back than it is to keep chasing that. Mentally, yes. Yes. You know, the big thing is going back to their run game and the success that they had in in their season, uh, speaking of App State, is that depth chart thing again, you know, Mm -hmm. and I hate to keep harping on it, but late in the game, if it's close and we start to fatigue it gets better for them, for them,
1: because mm-hmm. they
0: have the identity of a running team. Yeah, and I feel like we have to stop them. But when we stop them and give our offense the ball back, we need to go score. We got to be productive. We don't need the field goals. Nope, we need touchdowns. We'll take the points, but we need touchdowns. We need touchdowns. We don't need red zone trips with the twenty and in. They need to be touchdowns. Mm-hmm. That's just what it is. And a lot of people understand how small your offensive playbook gets when you get closer to the box, or closer to the end zone. But we have to score. And, I mean, I I hope we can establish our red zone presence and and punch it in. Now, will I be happy if we score from 60 and 70 yards out all the time? That would be fantastic. That's entertaining. But I want to be fair to our defense. Mm -hmm. Let's sustain some drives, Mm -hmm. march it down the field, get our guys some rest because we want them to be their best when they come out. And take five and six minutes off the clock and score touchdowns, not field goals, but touchdowns. So now our defense is energetic. is They're up. They're optimistic about their next trip. They take the field with some enthusiasm on their next drive. We stop them again. They punted to us. Let's do it again. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So we need to learn how to get the big plays, sustain the drives. And I know it sounds like we're talking about everything we have to do. is pretty much the game of football. But ultimately, it's just some things that we just need and absolutely have to have Have because we need the energy. And Pirate Nation. We need it.
1: Big E, I think you summed it up in a nutshell. Uh, I think this year, this game right here is, is going to be crucial for us. Uh, but at the end of the day, go Pirates. And ladies and gentlemen, that will wrap up our segment of the War Room Podcast.
0: Here with one of your hosts, T Cop, your other host, Big E. Big E. Yeah, man, it's, it's been real. Look forward to moving forward. This is our first one, T Cop, many more to go.
1: Sounds good. We look forward to having y'all back every Tuesday, the War Room Podcast.